Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what, what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Katie Flower. You may beat me, but you will not outwork me. Tim Torch. There's only one winner, Chad. Find their written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to Under the Helmet. Look at some long-term player value in fantasy football. I'm your host, Chad Parsons, joined by Katie Flower, the official podcast of UTHDynasty.com. And uh, we just recorded, uh, so I can I can promote it now. We did a 2021 mock draft, uh, rookie style, with uh, with Superflex, two tight ends. We went head-to-head, a lot of dialogue there, probably about a half-hour show. Uh, so, again, you want that. We do a ton of premium podcasts, and this is just the, the beginning or the continued uh, early content of covering the 2021 one rookie class uh rookie drafting season heck startup draft season you're gonna get a ton of that content and you know what if you sign up for gm plus now you got uh, all the premium podcasts on any podcast app you so desire uh, which is a big addition and improvement over uh, what had been the case for two three years now um, on a different platform so that is exciting new news the trade calculator is updated regularly in season and off season and uh, again, rankings, metrics, everything you need to have the best finish to your season if you're stashing players or getting ready for the playoffs on the back end of your roster. And uh, you're going to get, again, all the off season to improve your team and build some new ones. Uh, Katie, I wanted to ask you, uh, from the mock we just did, give us one little taste. A player you picked somewhere uh, and sort of what your case is for selecting them where you did in that two-round mock we did. Yeah, it was a two start, two tight end, and super flex. I had the 101, so there's no need to really talk about that. Um, I'll go with the 103. I took Jamar Chase as the first wide receiver off the board from LSU, and I just think that he's going to be a top 12, potentially top 10 NFL wide receiver. Uh, he's the cream of the crop, and it's a very deep class, so... Uh, you know, normally not necessarily who I was thinking of taking in Debbie a couple of years ago, but he's really risen and very solid. Yeah, love that. Um, I'll highlight one thing, you know, we kind of talked about as we were getting through the second round is, especially when you get two tight end super flex going, you, uh, I mean, the I, I will say this, the positions, and when I say the positions, they're deep, um, especially with the quarterback, tight end, and uh, and wide receiver. So, I mean, to varying levels, uh, depending on who you talk to and who they like, running back could be perceived as shallow, deep, maybe lacking top end, maybe strong on the top end. So the, I think there's going to be divergent opinions there. But specifically the other three, if you've got some semblance of premiums going on, all of them are deep, and there will be many of them drafted within the first two rounds, which I think is generally exciting for those two tight end and super flex specific drafters there. All right, uh, and moving over to the, the NFL, NFL side, K- Katie, it, it, this is truly the sad day and sad week because I was going through my leagues, and there is good news that 
less leagues than I was expecting. Go, you know, with a fine tooth comb, going through checking out league calendars and and rules of when is the trade deadline. There's fewer week eleven deadlines. Some of them are Thursday. Some of them are whenever the player game kicks off. But fewer than I was expecting. But it really is a turn the page moment for your league when your trade deadline hits, and all of a sudden now. You are limited. Even if you haven't made a trade all all regular season, you cannot. You are restricted now for making moves in that league if you so choose. So the good news is I have more leagues that are kicking the can to, to week 12 and beyond. There actually are some that have no deadline, which people are so, so scared of someone making a big move that's going to determine who wins it in week 15. I, I don't know about you, Katie, with ones without a trade deadline, I have yet to see that. I have yet to see a bold, oh my gosh, a guy that's not contending just traded a, a true league-winning type player for peanuts to a team contending. I wonder if this is collusion and the team just bought themselves a title. I've been in leagues for years like that, yet to see that instance even close to one time. Yeah, uh, I've had some leagues in the past where with no trade deadline, there was some... okay crappy trades that did demoralize the rest of the league i would say happened in but the playoffs for the most yes okay. but but for the most part you're right uh most people keep it in their pants and are <laughs> able to control themselves and uh but i made a few trades i've got a couple that i've got probably a handful of leagues that do have trade deadline week 11 um, but I've been just doing the assessment and the rankings and taking a real serious look at the position. Who do I need to beat to get to the playoffs or what position that I'm in? If I'm first and second, how can I keep that by those, those types of things that we've been talking about. And, uh, I met with Tim today in our co-own league and we made a trade that should just give us insurance. We've got a very solid team tip to toe and even our weakest position has a good playoff matchup in that three-game series, so we didn't really feel like we needed to trade for that position after all, just reassessing everything. Uh, but it's always good. Just take stock and, and uh, you know, because we're both in so many different leagues, the trade deadline is going to be different here and there. Yeah, and, and we're going to have, you know, our, our war room and strategy call, you know, coming up over the next day or two. And, and, and yeah, this is always a time, especially for co-owners, to weigh in and say, hey, how do you feel about where we are? And, and that could be, you know, you're pushing for a bye week. You already have a bye week close to locked up. It could be fringe playoff. And let's really go through this. I think you did a great job last week, I believe. I do a lot of shows. so It I, was I, last yeah, week, Yeah, last yes. week you really did a great job, and I would encourage people to go back about really refining because now you've got essentially in a lot of leagues three games left and so you should have a good picture I actually did this in one of my leagues of going through and saying you know the team I'm really going up against where this could be the difference between a buy and you know just getting into the playoffs and having to play in that week 14 wild card weekend if you will that kind of looking at it and say you know is it grossly different in terms of who we're playing, who could be on buys. You went over this whole process, which I think is very sound, and it's a lot easier the fewer games you have remaining. But if you have a trade deadline this week, this is the week you have to do it 
because if you're looking to supplement or if you say and I you know if you're the, the case where you're two games down from let's say the number six six spot but yet it's you're two games down but really it's you and say three other teams going for that one spot that it's like you either have to leapfrog them right now or they're all one game ahead or two games ahead and you got to look and say man I mean I've got a, a need to have a real reason, you know, to not be at least an exploratory seller at this point because it's an uphill climb. But yet you might be a game back or two games back and say, things look good. I'm competing against one other team and they have a tough schedule. I have an easy schedule. I have this player coming back or that player or so really go through those machinations, take the five, 10 minutes. And instead of spending that, say, extra time or whatever on like jumping into trading, First, you've got to do that eval work. And now with three games, I think that's a manageable number to look at the schedule, see who you're playing, uh, how did my matchups look, what bye weeks am I going to be dealing with, you know, is this week or next week going to be a good, bad, easy week in terms of a matchup and buys and injuries and all and, and all that information, distilling it down to saying, I'm going to be lucky to win two games. And if you got to win two or three I mean, that might be your answer. And then it's like, well, I'm sneaking into the playoffs. Well, are you potentially going to have McCaffrey in the playoffs? Is it super flex? And at that point, what if you got Drew Brees back? Or what if you don't? Are you going to hold out over the next two days for news? I mean, there's so many moving pieces. But again, before your trade deadline, at a minimum, needs to be the time you go all through that. And uh, and yeah, so again, we're doing it just the same. Uh, this, you know, it's basically... Uh, a complete, here's how, it, I mean, it seems like it just started, but here we are. And for some of your teams that, you know, have been hanging on, this could be the end of the road because there might be a non-contending type trade that you should be considering uh, to seek a, a better dynasty result uh, with your team because this isn't the year. And just something to emphasize as well. I, I say this a lot and I mean it and I live by it. And I, I don't know if you do uh, as much as I do, but in a start one quarterback league, the quarterback could be anybody. It's really immaterial. And it's at this point in the season where if you really do feel that you need a quarterback, there are some cheap options. Tom Brady has a wicked good, and I, I say wicked because he spent so much time in New England. He has a wicked good playoff schedule, yeah. and I was able to get him in a contending team where I had Nick Foles that I had picked up off waiver wire when Ryan Fitzpatrick was benched for Tua, and so Nick Foles had been my quarterback. I'm in command for a uh, first-round buy, but I needed to shore up the position and our trade deadline isn't for another week or so, but I was able to get Tom Brady for a third and a fourth and in a contending team, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really a pretty, cheap. but in a start one quarterback league, he shouldn't be any higher. They were trying to get a second and I talked him down off the ledge and I was like, look, you know, uh, their team isn't going to need him. They've got a good young quarterback. I think they've got Joe Burrow. So it wasn't like, Tom Brady was going to and and they may end up because they traded him they may end up with a little slightly higher pick so good for them it helps them by getting him off the team he's been scoring quite well but anyway 
And Tom Brady's not the only answer. There's three or four other quarterbacks that have very juicy, and and you can pick your price range. If you want somebody like a Jared Goff, who has a fairly good schedule during the playoffs, make more of a dynasty trade, so be it. But you do, it isn't a decision that you had to have made in June or July or August or September. Now is the time. You always say, wait, and, wait until you actually know. You know, so now it's like, well, I'm going to be in the playoffs, or I am fighting for it, and I'm I'm really close. And but yeah, I mean, we are in alignment because what do I always say? Start, start, start back and forward. And the back part is okay. What options are available on the waiver wire? Let's look at that first. And yep. again, a lot of times, you know, generally the starting quarterbacks are gone. It could be a shallower format, and they're out there. So twenty to twenty-four, twenty-five, man, there could be a few starters out there. So look at those matchups. Look at if you're just running with one quarterback right now. That that's gonna be a place to start to to back yourself up and have someone viable. So start there. And what I always say is, I set a price point. I remember, uh, I remember someone, you know, I had one quarterback or some situation like you know, uh, five weeks ago and I was, you know, contending and a non-contender, you know, wanted to sell one of their quarterbacks and totally understood, but they were trying to squeeze me. Uh, like I set a firm price. I said like on my own head, I was like, it's a start one. It's not six point passing touchdown. It was like, I'm going to address this position in due time. I do feel like I want to get something else, but I don't want to, I don't want to pay more than a third. I just don't, I won't, I, I don't want to do it. Because I don't think you have to, and you don't really need to. So, yeah, I sat there, and I played hardball for one to two weeks. We passed offers back and forth. They tried other ways to get something more or something better or whatever, or slough off an, a marginal option to me. I ended up playing hardball, and I ended up getting, uh, and I actually got two shares of, uh, but I ended up paying a, a late third for a quarterback that helps me and supplements what I'm looking for as a contender. So that's what I was willing to pay. And then in another league, uh, someone wanted, and again, I, I most people would probably jump at this, but Aaron Rodgers for my late second pick, you know, and I, but I was like, no one's really buying quarterbacks. See, what people don't realize is there's not some big market. Sure, there's a market for Mahomes or Kyler Murray or, you know, maybe three, four or five guys that really have some, oh yeah, I would pay a first for that type of juice. But other than that, good luck. Good luck getting something meaningful because everybody's got somebody that's, that's, you know, what is it? Everyone's got, uh. Uh, you know what is it a mouth and opinions or something like there's some line yeah. to that but it's like but it's like so no one really needs quarterback maybe at most two teams would be like yeah I could kind of use a quarterback upgrade so there's not really a buyer's market uh, just to remind folks so if someone you know someone had Josh Allen somebody else and Aaron Rodgers Sure, I'm interested. Sure, I'll take, you know, I was rolling out, you know, Derek Carr, and Derek Carr's doing great, and I don't really have a huge need. So I, I maneuvered my way from the second all the way down to th- two thirds for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so that just, I mean, you can play hardball and go, yeah, go, go try to get this from somebody else. Good luck. They don't have a need. They actually have better quarterbacks than I do. So uh, right. just, just, I, I love that point about one quarterback leagues. And I do think, I mean, there's plenty of leagues out there that are one quarterback. A lot of the startups coming around are super flex, et cetera. So, um, I think I'm, you know, in 10, 15 years, are, are there going to be plenty of one quarterback leagues out there? Probably not. Uh, but we still have plenty, and it definitely is a position to exploit because you always talk about, you know, I, yeah, I've done great with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I've done great with. Do you have a Ryan Fitzpatrick sort of like uh, quote unquote ugly quarterback for 2020 that you like have been riding, not secretly, but like joyously in a one quarterback, and there's been like no impact negatively at all for you? Derek Carr was pretty ugly to start the year, I know, in terms of like appeal yeah. and market value. 
Yeah, I mean, for the first half of the year, it was Ryan Fitzpatrick himself, but now... Yeah. Uh, Alex Smith, could it be Alex Smith down the stretch? Right, Alex Smith. Cam um, Newton's pretty, you know, in terms of like, doesn't look pretty doing it, but he's posting. It, right, but yeah, I mean, he was found money the first half of the year, and then he got the COVID. Yeah. And then, Andy Dalton you know, down the stretch, for maybe? A bit. Andy Dalton, uh, could he sneak decent? No. He okay. could be, he could be, right. but that... Okay. That line scares me. I'm just yeah. no, no, no. I get all that. I'm just thinking of like, yeah. we don't really have a Fitz who is like starting the whole year type. Yeah, last year I used the combination of Andy Dalton for the first half of the year and Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> yeah. for the second half of the year in one of my leagues that I won the championship. And again, it, it's piecing together. Yes. And if I couldn't have made the trade, then I would have found some other way to make it work. There are a couple of other options. As players are getting injured, quarterbacks are getting injured at a pretty uh, good clip, Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Brees. And, uh, you know, I don't know, P.J. Walker's probably out on your waiver wire for free. Yep. Uh, not many start one quarterback leagues are you going to have to fight over the backup of <laughs> a guy that just got hurt. And two guys got hurt this week. Yep. Although Jameis Winston probably already was owned. Now, at so tight end, another typical you know, start one position in, in most leagues out there. I've said before with the Kittle injury, it's now Travis Kelsey versus the field. And the, yeah. fi- the field doesn't have good odds. This just in, the field doesn't look good <laughs> overall. Um, is there a, I mean, maybe the answer is Kelsey and, and no one else, but is, is, is it like quarterback for you in stock formats where you say, hey, even if I don't have a whole lot going on, like, there's not really a reason to pay anything but the minimum because there's some streaming types probably on your waiver wire. If you really wanted to pay a third, you can go gravitate towards a team that probably has stockpiled two, three, four options that's out of it that you can work with just like a quarterback. Absolutely. Um, and you're going to laugh at me and go for it. I deserve <laughs> it. Um, Hayden Hurst is one of those guys. He's got a very good, juicy playoff schedule. Why would I laugh at that? Schedule. I like Hayden Hurst. I know you like him, but I've always poo-pooed him every time you've talked about him. Well, and I've well, always been yeah, yeah, n- uninterested in him. So that's why. Yeah. Uh, but I think th- I would recommend Hayden Hurst as a very inexpensive option, uh, you know, we know the guys that are doing well, Darren Waller and TJ Hawkinson. Jonu Smith, you might still be able to get fairly reasonable. Jonu Smith and Hayden Hurst, um, probably in that similar price range. But, yeah, there's a lot of guys, once you get outside of Travis Kelsey, a lot of that are all... This week was and the it, example. Everyone finished at like 13 points or less. <laughs> In fantasy, it was yeah. like a complete barren uh, ghost town wasteland. Even <laughs> Jimmy Graham has had a really great year. He put up a goose right. egg this year. This He'd week, be yeah. the perfect guy to go after right now, right after the goose egg. And isn't he on buy this week too? Yeah. I, so had, a goose egg a and then a buy, he'll be... Yeah. I've had a guy come to me every single week for the last month in a, in a league where I've been piecing things together. I tried out Trey Burton and now I'm going to be moving on to something else before that I had something else. So like, but he's tried to sell me Jimmy Graham for a third every single week for a month. And I'm still, I, I don't think Jimmy Graham moves the needle that much. So I'm not going to give up a pick for it. Uh, I'm still kind of, this week is actually decent off the waiver wire uh, for a tight end or two. And uh, again, I'm just, I, I don't think going from a guy that's like, six or seven point per game projection to like 
nine is really going to matter, like any given week, personally. So, yeah, projections are all relative, but yeah, uh, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face, right? (laughs) That's the whole thing. Like, projections are nice, no one ever hits them, no one ever actually hits the number. But Jimmy Graham could be that throw in type player. I wouldn't necessarily want to give a third straight up for him. But if you were or sell in a, a flip guy, flip, flip guy at another position for him, you know, just kind of keep the pick and move a player that, you know, you don't have a lot of utility for. Right. Uh, but yeah, there, yeah. Like you said, look at those, those matchups, uh, you know, specifically what I always say, and, and this is something that we should say and spend six seconds on every show over the next month, which is make sure you are looking at when the next meaningful game your team plays. So if you're really good, that's week 15 for a lot of leagues. That's after you have your bye. If you are in the playoffs, not likely to have a bye, your next meaningful game is week 14. Uh, so for kickers, defenses, uh, I, I've said before, like if you're pretty much locked into where you are, then look at those things first You know, to get that, your ducks in a row. Because you might get there and have minimal waiver bucks left. Uh, someone may snipe you on those players in the next few weeks, and it's still early enough that you can now... If you carry a second defense or maybe just carry that one if they're past their bye for now and go the whole way because the next thing that matters is week 15 for you or 14 or whatever. And I would say this, if you're going to make the playoffs, yes, 14 through 16 matters. But I always look at it as if there's a notable difference from someone I'm picking up and week 14 is the one that matters. Your first game matters. So I would rather have that, the absolute best choice I want or can make, as opposed to, well, this one's not quite as good, but look at week 16. Worry about week 16 if you get there, for God's sakes. Like, you're not even, you know, I mean, you're going to be a team without a bye. Week 14 matters to you, not 16 is what I would say. Right. The other thing I would like to recommend, uh, on MFL, they give you the defenses and how they are against the pass and how they are against the run. But that isn't specific enough for the for the tight end position. And so it's I not specific used, for anything. I hate using I hate those I things know. where it just says, Oh, thirteen against the run and sixteen against the pass. It's like those, yeah. I don't even really know what those mean because you click on them for like tight end and they go right to, you know, tight end points and allowed in other games and all this kind of stuff that it has no relation to what was posted on the click. But I use pro football reference because you can filter yeah. by just tight ends, defense versus tight ends and how many fantasy points that they're giving up. And that mm-hmm. gives you a much better game if you need for to look for a tight end and then look for okay here are the bottom six teams are there any tight ends in those bottom six teams that are relatively inexpensive that have a cushy playoff you know week 14 if I if I know that I'm not gonna get the buy then absolutely week 14 is the one that you focus on the most and and if they've got 14 15 and 16 then even better um but that still doesn't mean that you have to pay an arm and a leg to get them. All right. Uh, I wanted to do two soapbox things to close here, Katie. Um, so I have a player already picked out for myself, but I'm going to tell you which player you're going to soapbox just because I want to hear you do a little gush. You have, you have been really quiet for two months about this. And I know it's maybe been something percolating in terms of how he's pr- produced and looked in the NFL in terms of his role, etc. But I want to give you the platform because this is someone you've been talking about for three, four years now that I've had conversations with you alone. You might have been scouting this guy when he was a sophomore in high school for all I know. Um, But 
DeAndre Swift is coming on. And I actually saw you made a comment about about him on Twitter today or yesterday. Um, so I just wanted to give you a little platform to talk about DeAndre Swift. That I mean, you you grew with him through Devi, incoming freshman, and now all the way you're seeing him in the NFL. He is running back four since Detroit's Week Five bye. Running back four, four overall, not of rookies, four overall. And uh, he continues to look the part as his role and his touches and his snap share expand. So I just wanted to give you a platform to talk a little about about one of your boys, one of your UGA dogs, uh, DeAndre DeAndre Swift. All right, cool. Um, yeah, I, I've loved him for a long time. As a freshman, he was the receiving back at Georgia with Nick Chubb as more like the up the gut type guy. And then Sony Michelle did a little bit of, of the receiving as well, but he was utilized as a freshman hard worker, even Saquon Barkley. I believe they're from the same state and Saquon Barkley was singing his praises when he was a freshman. He has looked the part. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He's got the vision. He's a very sturdy ball carrier, forward lean, always getting that extra yard. He can grind it out. Uh, and then when it was his turn to step up and be the guy, the running back, you know, he can certainly take it up the middle. Uh, but receiving, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, he's not that great a receiver. It's like, are you kidding me? He was the lead receiver on the team when he was a freshman. And then they went away from that because then they changed his role. And that's just the way that Georgia does it. But I had him for the longest time as my running back one you kind of convinced me to put Jonathan Taylor ahead of him. And I'm not disappointed that I did. I got lots of DeAndre Swift shares. But one thing I need to do is just hold my ground a little bit more when it comes to, I know the projection model and everything works and works very well, but it's not 100%. And there have been times where I've had a gut feeling about a player. And like you and I both ended up being right about C.D. Lamb and T. Higgins. That was one of our choices when we were co-owning a team. And they're both looking phenomenal as freshmen or freshmen, as rookie (laughs) wide receivers. And so, you know, in that case, we're both right. That's cool. Um, We've also had that discussion between the Corey Coleman and Laquan Treadwell, and they both were busts. (laughs) I remember that. I remember Coleman and Treadwell. It's like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Right. At the end of the day, that one didn't matter. But, uh, you know, I just... I love DeAndre Swift. I've always said cream rises to the top and cream will overcome situation. Um, I've said that with Allen Robinson. I said that with Nick Chubb. I've been saying that about DeAndre Swift. And what I had posted earlier, one of the guys in one of my leagues offered me, after the rookie draft, he offered me Clyde Edwards-Alaire straight up for DeAndre Swift, and I wouldn't take it. And I still wouldn't take it all summer long. He kept coming at me and coming at me because he really wanted DeAndre Swift. And it's like, look, I do not want to trade him. And we're not always right, but it's really nice. It feels nice when your guy does what you think that he's capable of doing. And Matt Patricia be darned. I think he's going to uh, (laughs) see more touches. You know, he's seeing a he's seeing the lion's share of the touches. How about that? Yep. (laughs) Did you, uh, did you, did you ever take him one-on-one in a rookie draft? Or 102 was the earliest? 102 was the earliest. I, I, I had a couple of situations where I had both the 101 and 102, and I took both JT and DeAndre Swift. Um, yeah. 
Do you put? Do you take Swift one on one in that instance? Just to, no, just no. To, I, t- I took JT. Say, oh, he went one on one. No, I okay. still took Jonathan Taylor first. But okay. I got anyway. You. All right. Uh, my, so my soapbox, my quick one is going to be uh, Antonio Gibson. Uh, he is one that he's actually uh, running back five over the last month in uh, in a warp uh, total a warp and he even had a bye week in there he's playing some of the best ball of the season and he's had some good ball overall um, I think Alex Smith is going to be and so far has been great news for JD McKissick and Antonio Gibson here to close the season or however long Alex Smith uh, stays healthy uh, for this year uh, because he's going to pepper, uh, in my opinion, it's McLaurin, and then it's those two running backs that are his best weapons um, in the passing game. Sorry, Logan Thomas and all those ancillary wide receivers. But Gibson was one that I didn't have any uh, questions about him as a receiver. Heck, he played receiver yeah. <laughs> in, co- in college. But you know, it was sort of in that David Johnson, again, David Johnson had a much more productive two-way there was less ambiguity and projection. And for Gibson, it was what we heard. Was it the 77 carries or 77 touches? Or there was some stat about how little he had, he had at Memphis over two seasons. And so it was, we, we just don't know what we have here. And he goes early third round to, to Washington. And, I just, the price point was the big part for me. Like, he was affordable. This wasn't someone you had to draft at, like, like over Judy and Lamb. And, like, you didn't have to take him at 107. Like, this wasn't, so to me, it was like, oh, you're getting him at two, you know, like James Conner prices. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm in, all the way in. And to see him, and that was when Adrian Peterson was there and you had Darius Geis was going to break out this year uh, and it was where does Gibson fit in he's gonna play wide receiver right like let's rewind I mean that's where we were in like July so to see Gibson as the clear-cut starter and actually being an auto start weekly uh, and doing what he's doing it has just been such a thrill for me because I go all the way back to being a foot away from him interviewing him at the senior bowl and we were just talking about how how he's going to test and he was, you know, just like he had no worries about that. And we watched him. He was the best running back there. He was the best running back in the mm-hmm. game. Like, yep. you know, it's just, and, and and seeing that start of like, he was still three, four months away from getting drafted. Like, what what's going to happen with him? And and to get all the way less than 12 months removed, and here's where we are. He's the starting running back for an NFL team and doing what he's doing fantasy-wise. Like, I, this is really the fun part of like, going to the senior bowl, playing Debbie, you know, and, and all this stuff where it's like, and you mentioned, you know, DeAndre Swift as a freshman and going all the way through. And now you're going to, you're going to be able to track and monitor and enjoy his whole NFL career. And and so that's, that's the thing that Debbie and, you know, scouting players while they're still in college and maybe not even eligible for the current year, all those things, that's what it does. It does like it. It gives you a much fuller picture, but also, you know, players that you're not overly high on, they can surprise you. And like, man, you know, three years ago, I didn't see that coming. You know, or players that you've just been supportive from whenever you started tracking them, and just, uh, I, I just, it really deepens that experience as a dynasty Devi etc. owner for me. Yeah, and because of you and my meeting Antonio Gibson, I've got a ton of shares of him. Pretty much every possible yeah. chance in it's that the deep it's the deep guys too right i mean the deeper it is like if you were all in on a guy that was like third round fourth round rookie draft wise or like you know we picked trey lance in like the last round of one debbie yeah. league that we had like so it's to me it's those things that really move the needle when it's like you know i mean 
however that conversation or however I selected and ended up actually taking, you know, take a shot on that kid, Rocky. You know what I mean? Like, like you, like you broke ties and used one of your valuable picks and valuable roster spots in some capacity for that player in the last round or, you know, not in the first round. Like, so that means a lot of people like Tom Brady, like they passed on him. Right. And you didn't pass. And like, so to me, that's the thing, like the late guys that all of a sudden they're worth a lot more. They eventually start, you know, doing big things that, that to me is, is some of the, I mean, that's why we do this. You know, we try to be uh, someone that gets value from every last nook and cranny and morsel, uh, whether it's rookie draft evals, or if it, if it's Debbie, uh, because you can hit from anywhere as someone told me once. Yeah. All right, uh, let's do a quick best ball recap here. Uh, Katie is still in the top spot by over uh, 30 points here. I am moved up. I think I was five last week. I'm four yep. now, uh, barely. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to make a move into the top three. We still got Andy Rizzo between us. We also got Bartholomew, Bartholomew sorry about that, Bart, uh, uh, between us in the two and three spots. And shout out to the top finisher of the week. Very low scoring, but it was Adam Grossman uh, with Big Ben uh, throwing for four scores over 40 points he also has Antonio Gibson Naheem Hines has been on a tear of late he puts up 30 plus he's one of the many in the contest that have James Robinson uh could not put that guy's salary high enough uh I think he was only a couple bucks or something that's why yeah, he wasn't has he wasn't much uh Will Fuller has been healthy this year so he's been a shot in the arm and again scoring was down overall he had Fuller who put up less than 10 and Steven Sims as well in his lineup but massive games from Naheem Hines and his quarterbacks of Stafford and Big Ben coming through for him. He's got Garoppolo out. A little bit of worry now with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Uh, so again, the perfect storm for uh, for a- Adam. So congratulations for taking the whole contest down in week 10. All right. So for Katie Flower at FF underscore Skyler399, I'm at Chad Parsons NFL. Reminder about supporting the show at patreon.com slash UTH. Uh, instead of listening to three, four, five minutes of ads on every single show, you get to hear more Katie and Chad. And a reminder about the premium stuff and the GM Plus membership at UTHDynasty.com, where we have the 2021 mock draft, two rounds worth. We discuss every player, some strategy points, and an early look, a preview of the 2021 draft class at all these skill positions. Until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those dynasties.